Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Thank you for allowing me to come and share with you in the absence of your pastor. But sometimes I wonder, what do you need to say to people when you only got one shot? It's different than coming in week after week and preaching to you out of God's Word, but what do you say to people? This September, I will have had the privilege of serving a church for 59 years as a pastor. And I've learned something in that 59 years, that all I have to offer to people is Jesus. I listen to a radio preacher sometimes whose theme is, wherever you go and whatever you do, Don't forget to lift up Jesus. When I came into the sanctuary and we were trying to get ready for me to preach by putting this apparatus around my neck that they wanted me to put on, somebody said, give me the title of your sermon. And I first said, I want to title the sermon, I want to tell you what I think of Jesus. And then I changed it just a little bit. Christ Jesus, our only hope. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to one simple verse of Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 1. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 1. Now, I struggle with what I would preach about today all week long, but I'm convinced because of the music that you've sung this morning and the emphasis that you've given to the name of Christ that this is where we need to be on this day at this time. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus, our hope. The command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Father, would you take this time and drive home the message that you would have us to hear not only to our minds, but to our hearts and to our lives. So that when we come to the end of this worship service, walk out into the streets and roads of our lives, life will never be the same because we've made a new commitment to Christ Jesus, our only hope. Father, there are those here today that are struggling with life issues. Some so complicated that they can share them with no one but You. May they come to realize that Jesus is their hope. There are those of us that are a part of the congregation and a part of the church of the living Lord who are concerned about the state of the Christian faith in our society and in our world. 
would you drive it home to us today through the power of the Holy Spirit that Christ Jesus is our only hope. And I pray today, Father, that when we come to the end of this service and we sing a hymn of invitation, that our commitment would be to lift up Jesus, to live for Jesus, to make Him our only hope. Would You forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and help us to be used today to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ, our only hope. In His name we pray. Amen. If you listen to much news today, you hear a hundred different things that are listed as our hope. Our hope is in a stronger military. Our hope is in a vibrant economy. Our hope is in racial reconciliation. Over and over again, we're offered a multitude of things that are our hope. But I'm here to say to you today that I believe what's on the lawn of a house in Social Circle, Georgia, very brumly right out on the lawn, a sign that says, this nation needs Jesus. Jesus is our only hope. We claim that week after week. We say it day after day. But do you really understand who Jesus is? Do you know Him? Do you really comprehend the reason that Jesus is our hope? I submit to you today that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. But more than that, He's every letter in the alphabet. Jesus is the anointed Son of God, the atonement for our sins. He's the bright and morning star. He's the bridge between man and God. He's the cornerstone of the church, the captain of our salvation. He's the defender of the weak and the defeater of the evil one. He is eternal God. He's everlasting Father. He's the faithful witness of God, the first fruits of them that slept. He's the good shepherd and the great high priest. He's the hope of the world and the help of the saved. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is incarnate God in us. He's the joy of our salvation. But He's the judge of all mankind. Don't ever forget, He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Master of the universe and the Mediator between man and God. He's the name above every name. He's the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Son of the living God. He's the propitiation for our sins and the pioneer of our faith. He is the qualitative and the quantitative 
offering for my sins and the sins of the world. He's the Redeemer of all mankind. The Ruler of the universe. He is Sovereign Lord and He's Suffering Servant. He's the truth and He's the teacher of that truth. He's the unique Son of God. He's the basis of all Christian unity. He's the very Son of God. The vicarious sin offering for my sins and your sins and the sins of the world. He's the Word of God and He's the only way to God. He is the Exalted One. He is Yahweh. And He should be the zenith of all of our affections. That's who Jesus is. More than just a song we sing. More than just a name that we say. More than a way of closing our prayers in His name. Jesus is our only hope. John 1.1 says it like this, speaking of Jesus and calling Him the Word. John says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And Without in Him was not anything made that was made. It says, first of all, that He is the pre-existent Christ. That Word that He says, in the beginning means that He is eternal. Before there was ever time, He was there. Before the sun, its successive journey, made its first trip across the universe, He was there. Before the moon was placed in its orbit, before the sea was divided from the land, before man was created, He was there, the eternal Son of God. But it says more than that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and was God. That says that He is divine. That says that He is God Himself. When we talk about Him coming in the flesh and we look at the life of Jesus, we determine that Jesus is God in the flesh. Do you want to know what God is like? You see Him in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is divine. But then He says that not only is He divine, not only is He eternal, but it says also that He is our Creator. Oh, I know how we think creation is. I was listening to a preacher this morning And he was talking about this and said, whatever people say, there's no other way for you to be here than by, except for the combining of two human beings together in love. But I want to tell you something else. You wouldn't be here today if it were not for the creation of God. He created you and me. Breathed in the man and he became a living soul. He brought everything that is into existence. The sun, the moon, the stars, the sea, the land, the birds, created by the hand of our God. Jesus is our only hope. 
because He is the pre-existent, eternal, divine Creator of the universe. But it gets better. For John 1.14 says, But the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That says that He became the incarnate Son of the living God. He was born miraculously. He lived sinlessly. He died vicariously. And He rose triumphantly from the grave. Aren't you glad for the incarnate Christ who loved us enough to go to the cross for our sins on the cross? He is the incarnate Son of God. But in the Revelation... In John 11:15, he says that not only is he the pre-existent Christ, not only is he the incarnate Christ, but he says he's the reigning Christ. Revelation 11:15 says that the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of His Son, the Lord Jesus. Let me tell you something, folks. Regardless to what the news says, one day He's coming again. One day He's going to be ruler of the entire universe. doesn't cost you anything. You get it just because this short, fat boy showed up here today. I want to tell you when He comes back, He won't be riding a donkey. And He won't be riding an elephant. He'll be riding... A white horse, the horse of victory. For you see, when Jesus comes again, He will judge righteously. He will win totally. And He will reign eternally forever and ever and ever. Jesus is our hope because He is the preexistent, eternal, divine Creator who came into the world and was born miraculously, lived sinlessly, died substitutionarily, and rose triumphantly from the grave. And He's coming back again one day to judge righteously, to win totally, and to reign forever and ever and ever. That's who Jesus really is. But beloved, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for me today? What does it mean for me to be able to say that He is the pre-existent, the incarnate, the reigning Christ? What does it say to the folks sitting in Oxford Baptist Church on this hot June Sunday? 2017. There's three or four things that it means. Number one, it means that He can save all who call upon His name. John 1.12 says it like this, Whoever calls upon the name 
of the Lord. Whoever believes in Him will be saved. I don't know who you are. I don't know how many of you already know Him as your Lord and Savior. You may be struggling and saying, He could never give hope to me. My life is hopeless. But I want to tell you, He's willing to save all who call upon the name of the Lord. A couple of years ago, I was serving in another place. We had an evangelist to come and preach a series of revival meetings in our church. I'd heard about him, but I had never known his testimony. But on one night, he shared his testimony. In a life of sin and rebellion, he had committed all kinds of atrocities, finally ending up on death row because he had taken the life of another human being, convicted and sent to prison because of his murder of another man. And on death row, he found a Gideon's Bible and began to read it. And his life was changed and God miraculously released him from prison. And he preaches the gospel all over the world. Listen to me. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what your background is. But I know this, that Jesus Christ saves sinners. Not many months ago, someone shared with me about their pastor who had served the church for more than 50 years. It was his 92nd birthday. And they asked him to stand and say a few words to the congregation. This is what he said. He walked to the pulpit. This is all he said. I'm a great sinner. And he's a great Savior. Beloved, who Jesus is means that He can save any and all who call upon Him today. If you don't know Him, would you ask Him to come into your heart today? But it means more than that. It means also that as Christ followers, we're on the winning team. Oh, I know. You were apologizing today to me because so many people are away on vacation and the crowd's a little small. And wherever I go today, most of the places they say, we don't have as many as we used to have. And I look out across the congregation and I see the graying of the church. A lot of old folks like me in the church. People say the church is passe. It's done. I want to tell you something. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is here to say until Jesus comes again. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, when he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they gave their various answers. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Peter, man didn't reveal that to you, but my Father that is in heaven. 
and upon this rock, upon the fact that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I don't know about you, but I struggle with that. There's several things about Listen, first of all, when Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, I thought about gates are a defensive weapon. They're not an offensive weapon. Whoever went to war with a gate in their hand? Gates are for keeping people out. Gates are defensive weapon. So what Jesus is really saying here, here are the gates of hell. And even the gates of hell don't have a chance in the face of the militant, mighty, marching church of the living God. You know what it says? If we're a Christian, we win. I grew up on a dairy farm in northwest Georgia, out from Dalton, Georgia. We didn't have electric lights until I was about nine or ten years of age. Finally, the RCA came through and strung a light pole in our yard and strung a light wired our house. We had lights. But all we had was one bulb in every room hanging down on. Anybody, you remember those? Some of you do. Had one cord hanging down. Had about a 40-watt bulb in it. Mama's kerosene lamps were really brighter than some of those bulbs. But we had lights. My daddy was a mountain preacher, and he didn't believe in comic books. I mean, he just flat didn't believe. He didn't want his kids reading. But I had a buddy. He'd slip me those comic books, and I'd tuck them under the pillow in my bedroom. And after Mom and Daddy went to bed, I'd pull them out from under the pillow, read them comic books. My favorite comic book and comic character was Dick Tracy. Anybody remember Dick Tracy? He the first guy that ever had a two-way radio on his wrist. I mean, man, it, was, it goes back. And they'd get him in some awful predicaments. He'd be down in the underground of the city, they had tied him up and put him in there in the sewer line. And the bad man is about to turn the dial and turn all of the... And it looked just like he was killing. I'd get so scared, the hair would stand up on my back, on my neck, reading them. I'd get so scared that I would turn over to the back page of the funny book and I'd read the last page. And I'd see where Dick Tracy won. Then I could go back and read that whole thing and say, Uh-huh, your goose is cooked. Well, listen to me, folks. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. I read the last page and we win. I tell you, we win. If you're a Christ follower, ultimate victory belongs to the people of God. The church is here to stay with all of its blemishes, with all of its failings. The church is still the best hope for the redemption of a society in which you and I live. The 
eternal, incarnate Son of the living God has promised us victory. Victory. We win. But there's one other thing that this teaches me about Jesus. Not only that He'll save all who call upon Him, all you need to do is to ask Him. He'll come into your heart, forgive your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Not only does it teach us that as Christ's followers, the victory is ours, but it teaches us that the message and the ministry and the purpose of the church must never change. We must never allow anything to replace the purpose and ministry of the church, which is to lift up Jesus as the hope of the world. Oh, for the last 13 years, before I retired in, at the end of December last year, I had the privilege of working with new churches, planting new churches, more than 40 that we were able to assist during the time that I was there. A lot of the churches that you're familiar with, we were able to step in and bring help to them their formative years. Because of that, I spend a lot of time with young preachers. They struggle with, what's our purpose? What's our mission? And oh, I want a church to have a clear mission and a clear vision and a clear purpose. But I think we sometimes make it all too complicated. I'll tell you what the purpose of Oxford Baptist Church is. is to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift Him up. To make Him relevant to a hurting world. I'm a little bit weary if I get to preaching a little bit and you don't like it, just build a bridge and get over it. We'll all we'll, we'll just get over it. But I'm a little bit wary today of churches offering a whole series of messages on how to handle your finances, how to raise your kids. All of those things are important. But let me tell you something, folks. If we lead people to Jesus, He becomes the Lord of their life. He'll take care of all of that. He'll take care of all of that. At the end of almost 60 years of trying to preach the Gospel, I'm more convinced than ever in my life that all I have to offer is Jesus. All I have to offer is Jesus, the divine, eternal coming. Lord Jesus Christ, who is our only hope. So why did I come today? I came to say to the people at Oxford Baptist Church and to those of you that may be here today looking for new life and new hope and a new way, I come to ask you this. Are you willing and ready to make a new commitment to Jesus as our only hope. Not this church. Not our denomination. 
Not our government. Not all of the things that we can do with military powers and political prestige around the world. Are you ready to make a commitment to the fact that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is our only hope? And in just a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. You're here today. You're looking for hope. Let me tell you, you can find it only in Jesus. I invite you to walk down that aisle. I'm going to be standing right there. Give you an opportunity for me and you to pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. Be your Lord and Savior. Discover Him as your hope. You may be here today and you're looking for a church home. But here's a church that preaches Jesus. You want to be a part of this church. You can come. But here's the broader invitation. I want to call the people of Oxford Baptist Church to make a new commitment to Jesus, our only hope. Jesus, our only hope. You may have done that 50 years ago when you accepted Him as Lord and Savior. But today you want to say, I want our church. I want our pastor. I want our community to know that here is a church that believes that Jesus is the hope of the world. Steve's going to go to the piano. And in the absence of your pastor, I'm going to walk down to the front. But I'm asking you, if God's speaking to your heart, for you to make that new commitment, that reaffirm that commitment, that Jesus is our only hope. Father, would you speak to our hearts today and help us to recognize, not only recognize, but respond to the fact that Jesus Christ is our only hope. Father, I pray that you would help us to trust you as never before. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the eternal incarnate, coming Son of the living God as our hope, the hope of our church, the hope of the world. Father, You move those that respond to bring honor to You. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray God will use this message for His glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at OxfordBaptistChurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.